and welcome in to the Hit Stick Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host for the evening. That is Chris, not the quarterback Sims. Joined with me, as always, per usual, it's the soulless canine himself, Mr. Rydog. What the fuck is up, Denny's? And we got Michael Seta hanging out. What's going on? What's up? How are you guys feeling tonight? Feeling pretty damn good. Sitting pretty. How was how was your guys' uh fantasy weekend here? Did you uh did you come away on top? Um I got smacked around in a couple leagues for sure. Um my most my the highest buy-in though, still staying dominant, staying undefeated. I'm about to get my uh belt ordered and get my rings made soon. So yeah, at least we're gonna bring home at least one chip this year, boys. And I'm glad Jamar Chase finally decided to show up for a game and I was able to beat Zeta in our league of record. Yeah, um, I also Wait, beat Zeta. In, are you talking about in the twelve man? I'm talking about in Superflex dog. I don't, I don't consider that in the league of record because you've won too many times. If you're talking about the twelve man, Kyle's team, shout out to Kyle from Hitstick Dynasty, handed me my ass this week. His team's good in that league. I'm squad. pissed. Yeah, his team's good. I know. I, I think, him. I think if he stays in the league again next year, you know, we'll see after this trial period. But um. We got to get him a little bit more uh, fucked up for next year's draft. I think he was way too even keel for that. He was a hundred percent sober. Yeah, he's yeah. got to match. He's got to match the rest of the league's level, um, <laughs> and then you know maybe then he can stay. We'll see. Yeah, I hit him up for a trade in that league, and I was just like, he's like, that team's humming. I don't want to do anything to it. And I'm like, no, Kyle, you got to fix it until it's broken. That's the way you handle that. So, um, I'm doing phenomenal. I'm off to a uh, fifteen and three start in my main leagues here. So I'm happy about that. But my favorite, my absolute favorite part of that stat line is I am undefeated against the Hitstick Fantasy Podcast. I have taken Ryan out and I've taken Seta out. So sitting pretty on that. Happy. Yeah. Wait, were you take me on the 12 or the Dynasty Leagues? Because my Dynasty Leagues are not doing well. So Your, it was Dino 1. It, was on, it, was on, it does kind of suck. I will say it's bittersweet because I took you out without Nick Chubb. In the oh league. oh okay yeah. yeah that team yeah I I had a lot of promise on that team and let's just say they are not living up to expectation they are they are not it some people are going to be cut soon it might be the the coaching I'm not sure but that dynasty team is not performing to what it should be yeah time to make some moves and uh, speaking of moves if you move on over to X formerly known as Twitter you can follow us we're at Hitstick Fantasy there you can send us your start sit questions you can send us your trade advice questions, any questions you have, send them to us over there. If you want to talk to me personally, I am at Hitstick Chris. I'm at Ryan Long FF. I'm at Michael underscore Seta on Twitter. And if you would like to help out this show, help us keep doing the things that we like to do, delivering you all the hits when it comes to fantasy football, uh, go on over to your Apple Podcast app and leave us a five-star review. It's very helpful to us. It's also very free. And if you're not an Apple Podcast listener, you can go on over to Spotify, give us a follow, a subscribe. These are ways that uh, we very much appreciate that you can help us out. So, uh, But anyway, we're going to move forward here. We got a little bit of news, a little bit of other things we want to talk about. Um, does anybody have anything like funny to share that like happened over the weekend from the NFL, that just in general, just something that's kind of you know comical? From the NFL that yeah. was comical? Or in general, uh, like in terms of like football-related. I mean, Browns won. In a very exciting game Probably against those Tennessee Titans. But there was one play where Deshaun Watson was about to get sacked and then just like threw the ball to the backwards pass. The back, 
not a lateral, not anything, just straight up threw the ball right at the running back while he was being sacked, who was 10 yards behind him. Wasn't not expecting it, almost caused a fumble. We were able to get it back, and I believe we scored on the drive. So it was like a, you know, no fault play. But God, that was actually really funny to watch. It was funny to watch. I saw that. Yeah, I think what was so funny was that guy wearing number two for the Jets trying to play quarterback. That was a hilarious performance, but he needs to be replaced because he sucks so bad. I feel so bad for all their options. They were so hyped up, and they're just nothing. But Simeon's in the building. Maybe our savior. Hopefully. I mean, we'll see. Anything's an upgrade. What was the the stadium chanting? Because I heard that like some terrible things were being chanted at Zach Wilson while he was walking back to the locker room. Does anybody know about that? Uh, um, if I was in the stadium, I would be chanting, you suck. You suck. <laughs> I, I think so, it was worse. I don't know. It was probably a little worse. but no, It's uh, New York, you know. so... Yeah, I would be screaming something, especially if I was a little altered state. I would be screaming something probably more vulgar at him because that team's good, and it just sucks for everyone else on that team. Yeah, did you guys see that uh, Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, reached out to Joe Burrow asking to bail him out so he could be home for Christmas and help, and God would help Burrow win a Super Bowl if he did that? He fucking needs it, so I read might that. take him up on that. Yeah, he might have to. Yeah, I, th- I was I was crying at that. That was pretty funny. So, as far as fancy goes, I do have one funny thing that happened to me this week. I went and dropped Devon Achan right before uh, week three, and then he went and had the best performance of anyone this season. Oh man, he was on so many people's benches. One of my teams included. Yeah, he. Yeah, um, that's hilarious. It is hilarious. I'm happy. I'm very happy about that. We'll see uh, what happens there. Thankfully, that's a sleeper league, though, so you could still try to get him, I think. I'm pretty sure you can still put in a claim. I don't know. I know you can't on Yahoo, but so. Uh, but we'll jump into – we got some news. We'll talk about that. Then we'll get into all the uh, good stuff we have planned out here on this episode. We're bringing back a fan favorite segment, so uh, stay tuned, and you can, uh, you know. Freaking help me. But um, anyway, a little bit of news here. Derek Carr dealing with an injury, expected to be sidelined for a couple weeks at least. Uh, looks like it's Jameis Winston time. Uh, what what happened with that injury again? I, I I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. Wasn't it uh, his leg? Who Derek Carr? Yeah. Shoulder. No, he had a he had a sprained AC joint in his. I think it's his throwing arm. Yeah. They said he's week to week. So you know, and everything I see is that can be for as little or as long as. You know, the injury kind of settles. It's a lot about pain tolerance. So, you know, we'll see. But I don't expect him to play this week. Yeah, I wouldn't either. So uh, make your uh, Jameis Winston's adjustments, which could or could be good or bad for Chris Olave. We'll see. If Winston could still play the way he likes to play, I would assume it'd it's be. It's a revenge game against the Buccaneers. It is. I kind of want to watch that. So uh, here's the big one. Unfortunately, um, the carnage continues in terms of players being done for the year. Mike Williams suffered. It wasn't in a torn ACL. Yeah, done for the year. Um, we'll see what goes on there. Joshua Palmer gets a boost. Quentin Johnston, the first-round drafted rookie, gets a boost. We'll see if he can live up to expectations. And uh, my hit of the year, Keenan Allen, just keeps on hitting. So keep him in your lineups here. Uh, Gus Edwards dealing with a concussion, something to monitor. And Rashad Bateman dealing with a hamstring injury, another thing to monitor. Those shocker. were the – Huh? Yeah. That's shocker. Yeah, yeah, we know. That's he lives on this report. Um, those were the only th- injuries that I saw of note. Did I miss anything? 
Um, not that I could think of. I feel like we had a concussion. Uh, Jimmy G concussion. Oh yeah, Jimmy G is probably gonna is potentially gonna miss. You're right. So, oh uh, yeah, keep an eye out for uh, Saquon coming back potentially. I I wouldn't expect it, but it's possible. Keep an eye. And out David for, Montgomery. Yeah, David Montgomery, uh, Aaron Jones, some guys that you might get back in your lineup. Uh, before we dive into our first segment, I'd like to ask you guys just a quick little question here. Given what we saw last night on Monday Night Football, this was a very high-drafted player at a onesie position. I'm just curious, are you guys still starting Joe Burrow on your lineups and for your one-quarterback leagues? I mean, if you drafted him, there's probably a good chance in your one-QB leagues you didn't take any other quarterbacks, so you don't have better options. He, he looked okay, but was immobile completely immobile he had to stay in the pocket he higgins could not catch a pass to save his life in that game last night so i think the better days are ahead of joe burrow so i'm okay with still going with him but there's definitely reason to be concerned yeah i think the important thing is is there anyone on the waiver wire on your bench that has a little bit higher upside than joe burrow with also like a higher floor because i i still think joe burrow as long as he's in the game, he's going to be okay. And I know he hasn't looked great, but, you know, more and more weeks get on, the more and more he's going to get that chemistry going. He missed all preseason, missed a bunch of practice. So I'm I'm not freaking out about Joe Burrow. I'm not worried about Joe Burrow. Um, you know, if there are, like say with Anthony Richardson going down and, you know, he missed last week, if he's on the waiver wire somehow or something along those lines, I'm, I'll take a stab at it and, you know, maybe have a little bit of upside with a running quarterback. But, it, I don't even know if I'd want to start him because they both kind of banged up. So, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of upside on the waivers that you can find to replace Joe Burrow. What he about does not have an easy schedule at all? Who? Joe Burrow. I mean, he's got he a gets, phenomenal matchup this week against Tennessee. He gets Tennessee and Arizona this week, and then after that, it's Seattle, San Francisco, Buffalo. Uh, with San a bye Francisco week in there as well. Buffalo are bad, but I'm not really concerned about the first two, personally. I'm certainly yeah, not Seattle's concerned kind of about been Tennessee. in a lot more shootouts than yeah games. I feel like so. Yeah, San Fran's definitely tough. Though I mean, AFC North schedule. Who any of those teams? You can be like, yep, those. That's a tough schedule because when you're playing, you know, all four of those teams are competitive. So it's always going to be a tough one. For Would sure. you pivot off of Burrow to go Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, or C.J. Stroud if any of those guys were available? See, um, I would. For like an uh, immediate one week, start. I'm not saying drop Joe Burrow. I'm saying for like one week, yeah, now, while he gets healthy. I I think seeing what we saw with a you know non clicking, non cohesive offense and Deshaun Watson, like I think you can only expect that and more from the Bengals coming into Tennessee. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm not worried about that, and I don't think any of those guys I would want to start this week with that matchup. Like if it was Cincy Pittsburgh or Cincy Cleveland or you know. Since he's San Fran, since he even like Philly or something like a tougher matchup, maybe, but I think they can score in bunches against Tennessee. Yeah, that's the problem though. That injury does suck for him. Like, because that was a game that we all watched. Like, it was a Monday night game, the only game on TV. Well, not the only game on TV, but one of the few games on TV that you have to sit and watch. He did not look, he couldn't move. He would get the ball and had to stay where he was to find a target. That's not good for like any quarterback. Like you have to be able to escape and make plays, and he could not do that at all yesterday. And then that offensive line does not look good either. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, 
it's interesting there over in Cincinnati. So, but anyway, that was what I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, we can go ahead and uh, talk, you know, get we ready to move forward here. Let's do it. My dog is. Are you freaking out, man? That's where we are going to be talking about some players that you had high hopes for coming into this year. You drafted with a pretty good draft pick, and uh, you were expecting them to return that value and help you win a title. And that just does not seem to be the way that the things are going right now. So we'll, we got a list of players here. It's pretty long. We'll be talking about them in full, how we feel, and basically, you know, pretty simple. Is this a player that you should be completely freaking out on and trying to figure out, you know, if there's a way out potentially, or if maybe you should just, you know, take a step back and... R-E-L-A-X. Relax. So, Aaron Rodgers is doing plenty of that right now, chilling on the couch. But a quarterback that is not chilling on the couch and is also not living up to expectations, somebody that we were all pretty excited for in terms of a breakout, that's Mr. Trevor Lawrence over in Jacksonville. Um, been very underwhelming to start the year, I would know, as I roster him in one of our leagues. And he's just not, you know, didn't have a bad week one, finished in the top 10 in terms of overall QB8. But since then, you're looking at a QB32 finish, QB19. Kind of just seems like the Jacksonville Jaguars are not on the same page with each other. They just took a loss to the Houston Texans, and it was not even close. So what do you guys feel right now about Trevor Lawrence's value moving forward and, you know, what, what should we do here? As, as know, long as he go ahead. Yeah. For, for me, um, I don't know if this comes off as a little biased cause I am a T law fan for sure. Um, what I kind of look about it when I look at like elite players, I'm not just looking at the overall production and, you know, the box score. I'm also looking at like the opportunities, the same way I look at targets rather than catches in production over the first few weeks with, you know, maybe it's up and coming guys or elite guys. And how do I see their season going forward? And when you see Trevor Lawrence, you see him throwing the ball 30 plus times in every game and only having three touchdowns. I, I think that's definitely likely to change and him have him just throwing the ball so much. I, I'm not really that worried about it. And I'd give it a few more down weeks before I go to switch because I, I think the Jaguars defense isn't all that great. And it's going to be a lot of shootouts. So regardless if they're winning games, there are going to be a lot of fancy points to be had. Yeah, the Jaguars have high, high hopes this year. And, you know, they've been a little disappointing to start, but they have the weapons. They have, you know, everything they need to still compete, especially in a division that is not very good at all. So he'll have his good weeks. You know, he could have three touchdowns next week against the Falcons. So I would say relax on Trevor Lawrence, but he's definitely not, you know, taking that huge leap that we all were expecting going into this season. Yeah, he's in uh they're in London, I believe, for the next two games, right? Doesn't Jacksonville play back to back yep. London games? Yep. So we got Atlanta, which is a not a terrible matchup, not a great matchup. Atlanta's kind of middle of the road in terms of defenses. You know, you're not really afraid of them, but they're certainly not a cakewalk. And then he's got Buffalo, which is obviously a very tough defense. So those are back to back home games. Technically for Jacksonville, yeah, even though one's quote-unquote an away game. But let's be real here. Jacksonville's home is London. So, 
All right, so um, the consensus here is to kind of relax and chill on T-Law, or is that not how you're feeling, Sutter? I'm relaxing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm definitely sticking with T-Law for sure. Yeah, I, I would agree. There's there's some good weapons there. I think that they'll figure it out, um, you know, hopeful that they can get it together. Uh, might even view Calvin Ridley as a good buy-low right now, potentially. So uh, let's go ahead and move forward to the running back position. Uh, Ryan's one of Ryan's darlings. That would be Damian Pierce running back for the Houston Texans. Not quite living up to expectation. We're looking at a very low yards per carry, 3.45, and it's only been going down. He's been averaging a little over two yards a carry. Was saved last week by a touchdown in terms of performance. The Houston offense is, I mean, Stroud's not looking terrible, but it just seems very limited in terms of what they can do with the running back here. I don't know. I mean, I think that Damian Pierce is a talented player, but... This was kind of my concern for him coming into the year. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think here? Talk to me about Damian Pierce. He does have uh, – his schedule opens up a decent bit down the road here, but it's been very, very tough sledding to open the year. Yeah, for me, I would be a little bit worried on Damian Pierce. I do have him in a league, and luckily I don't need to start him week in and week out. But, you know, what worries me is his lack of attempts, and their team is going to be playing from behind. Like, C.J. Stroud is throwing the ball like – 50 times a game and that's because they're always down and you know even when they're not down they're you know in shootouts and stuff so with our thought process at least me and ryan's coming into this year was he was going to kind of retain more of that third down catching role and to the season with them being down so much he only has seven receptions so you know that's not great we would want to see you know at least like 10 10 to 15 or so at this point especially with them throwing the ball so many times so i don't know i would be a little bit worried a little bit freaking out with this one there is and normally i would agree with you but i mean i'm looking at right now the top but 10 this running is my backs in fantasy football the, <laughs> the top 10 running backs in fantasy football let me read them off mostert definitely not a top pick mccaffrey the one i want at running back ken walker devon achan tony pollard one of those guys was possibly a top two round pick Tyron Williams, Brian Robinson, James Conner, Bijan, that's the first round pick, and then Jerome's for, Jerome Ford. What are you getting at? What's Nobody's it? doing good this year where you took them. Those guys. Damian Pierce, you did not have to take in the first two rounds. Well, I, I he's mean, getting I, the workload still. He's is the he? offense is he is. He's not getting he's the getting, passing work, but he's still getting the carries. He's still the running back one on that team. 15 carries in the game. I don't know. Like, I feel like you got to be hitting 18 to 20 to be considered the workload. And that's also his highest carry total on the exactly. Year. I wasn't going to base it off his lowest, which is 11. They've been playing in a lot of bad games. Kareem Hunt, like first, game off, first game off the street, almost hit that many touches. Yeah, they also had a 20 point lead. That is why I'm personally on the side of I'm freaking out. I don't think that this defense for Houston is bad. And I would like, as Seta pointed out, the, in terms of a target share for receptions, that's not very, that's not very, that's not elite usage for a running back. So I don't see a world where Damian Pierce can be Damian Pierce and be the ground and pound, you know, wear a defense out because they're always playing from behind and airing it out with, honestly, the two pretty good young receivers that they have there between Nico Collins and what Tank Dell's been emerging and doing. So, I'm not, I'm not excited to go out and buy Damian Pierce. And if I could sell him off of the, this touchdown game, I probably would. I wouldn't be trying to buy him either by any means necessary. But 
I, again, if you go through the 11 through 20 running backs, they're not great either. Like no running backs that you took high are doing great at all. I don't think that's a valid point though for why Damian Pierce's outlook is looking good. There's who's going to replace him. That's the one thing I would say. I would expect some of these other running backs to start playing better. I mean, Alvin Kamara is coming back into the league. We'll see what he Thank does God. there. You know, we got, I mean, obviously seeing I, Saquon is, Austin Eckler has missed the last two weeks. He is in the top 10. I'm not going to overreact to a 50-point game from Mostert and Devon H. Achan. I, I've never seen Mostert once in his entire career finish a season. I don't think this is going to be the year that he does it. And I really like Devon Achan. But I don't know if he's, I don't think he's going to be dropping 50 points every single week. Saquon is going to be back in the lineup pretty soon. He's going to walk For into what, the a top week? 10. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of big name guys that I do expect to step back up, but regardless of what they do or don't do, it doesn't really correlate to the fact that what Damian Pierce is doing right now is not valid in your starting lineup, period, whether it's your RB1, 2, or flex. So, it's as valid as any running back is right now. Uh, and, I mean, I would much rather have Kyron Williams. I would much rather have Brian Robinson. I would too, now that he's getting 100% of everything. You know, James okay, Cook's wait. been pretty phenomenal. Like, I, I got I got to move us forward, and I want to do it with a guy that's not on the list. Okay. okay. So, a guy that I'm worried about, who is one of the guys Ryan mentioned, who is in the top 10 currently, who was drafted decently high, who I have in a league and I'm dependent on, is Mr. Ken Walker. He has been balling out to say, fantasy-wise, but the only thing I keep seeing is Charbonnet's, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, snap percentage. Snap percentage going up and up and up, and Ken Walker's going down and down and down. So eventually those TDs are going to flip, and I don't know if you can make a ballsy move and try to get rid of Ken Walker after he is a top 10 running back already. And you drafted him to be great and he's balling out for you. I mean, he certainly, but I'm nervous. I'm nervous about it. If you can flip him for any of the other like top running backs who are like projected to go before this draft, I would do that in a heartbeat because you're right. The snap percentage is kind of like looking lower and lower. And he's had back to back week of two touchdowns. He's a good running back. You know, we all like Ken Walker, but. That is more of a timeshare than people want to admit because of where his fantasy finishes have been. So I don't want to say I'm freaking out on him because who are you going to replace him with in your fantasy lineup? But no, if you can go and move him for another top end piece, I would do that in a heartbeat. I'm actually not worried about Ken Walker. Now, if I could take Ken Walker and go by, use him to get Austin Eckler or Saquon Barkley, who's coming back from injury, if I could get one of those guys and like something on top, like a wide receiver three, I'm all for that. I might even be down to do, I don't, I don't know. Ken Walker's looking pretty good, but like for me, the usage seems to be all right in terms of like, he's, you know, he saw 18 carries last week and three targets. That's 21 opportunities. I'm okay with that. Even though Charbonnet is getting more and more involved. So I don't think he's a player that you need to go get. I'm not, I'm just not quite as worried because I I've watched Seattle kind of operate like this. I don't, I think Ken Walker will be the guy until he's not, until he gets hurt, or until he fumbles. Who would you rather have going for the rest of the season, Ken Walker or Josh Jacobs? Ooh, Ooh that Ken, is a Ken. good one. Give me my boy Ken. I, I might. Josh Jacobs it. has stunk up the building recently, I well, feel like. We might as well just segue into that, because Josh Jacobs' name, if I'm not mistaken, is on this list, and it is. He is. So, 
I um, would. I think I would be a little bit more worried if Josh Jacobs, because you had to draft him a little bit higher if you waited till you know that was all cleared up with the off the field kind of situation with him. So I don't know. I, I as a Ken Walker owner and not a Josh Jacobs owner, I don't care about that other one. The Ken Walker one is the one that I am not ballsy enough to move off of. I'm kind of more with the Chris side, and I'm going to ride it out. You got to let him ride. Yeah, I'm going to let it ride. I think I have McKinnon on the bench for when he eventually gives up his starting role to Charbonnet, and then I could just throw McKinnon in. And by the then, playoffs. it'll be second half McKinnon. He'll be an RB1. He'll be Yeah, exactly. He but um, <laughs> so. m- moving on to Jacobs, though, I am worried mainly because this team just seems to pass the ball even when they're not like scoring a ton. So I don't know. And Jacobs just hasn't looked great. I didn't watch the much of the last game. Was that the Pittsburgh game, right? Sunday night football. Yeah. Yeah. I I watched like the first, uh, you know, a few minutes of it, but I took off early that one that night. And so I don't know. 2.4 yards per carry this year. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrible. Okay, so it is a lot what I thought I've seen. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I'm worried about Jacobs for sure. No, but the thing with Jacobs is the targets are there. The, tar- the carries are there. He has a beautiful schedule coming up. Beautiful schedule. Everything you want to see. I just had it right here. Hold on. Let me pull it up. He gets Chargers, Packers, Patriots, Bears. Then and Detroit. then Detroit, then the Giants. Giants, Jets, Miami. I'm with Ryan. I'm not, I'm not, I actually think Jacobs is a good buy candidate right now. He's somebody that I'd be interested in trying to go get on one of my teams just because of what the usage is. And I do like the fact there is that target baseline. You're looking at over his last two weeks, he's seen 11 targets. That's phenomenal of what you could ask for in a running back. Now, is there a reason to talk about him in a concerning way? There is, because like you just said, his yards per carry is not very good. And this is a guy that, you know, he's getting the volume and he's not producing. So that's when you kind of got to raise an eyebrow because I don't think any of us are projecting the Raiders to be uh, top of their division for the rest of the year, especially if they're down Jimmy Garoppolo now. So keep an eye on it. But if you can buy Jacobs, I mean, he was drafted in the second round of most leagues. If you could buy Josh Jacobs with fourth or fifth round value, I would try to, I would be okay with that. That's why I brought the question. Would you trade Ken Walker for Josh Jacobs? That is so hard. I think I, I think I would rather have Ken Walker, but that's just because I believe in the talent of the player. I you left holding the bag. I was gonna say I'm. You guys have definitely brought me more around. You guys know me. I'm a, I'm a target and I'm a usage whore. Who cares? What, what can you say? We also I like know you're love a Josh it. Jacobs hater. I am. I am, and I think it, <laughs> this has been more of a visual bias of me watching the first two Raiders games a little bit more closely than I did the third, but the, he just didn't look great at all. Like, they're, he, Jimmy G looked okay. Devontae Adams looks like Devontae Adams, but he just doesn't look like Josh Jacobs did last year. So hopefully he can get it going, and maybe it's just like we were talking about with Joe Burrow where he's having a slower start to the season, getting in game shape, and, you know, maybe then things will start clicking. Who knows? But that that's a rough yard per carry. Like, you get yeah. benched for that kind of stuff. I mean, Nine carries for negative two yards in week two against Buffalo. Yeah, it's rough. But uh, he also had five catches for 51 yards. So it evens itself out. I would definitely be buying Josh Jacobs right now. I will. The one thing that makes me concerned, in all honesty, is the fact that I watched him on Sunday Night Football and he did not have a, like... He didn't impress me against the Steelers. And for as good as the Steelers' defense is, they have, over the last few years, been a little weak against the run. Like, they get gashed by good running backs. Pretty consistent. solid this year against it. Huh? Outside of week one. 
Pittsburgh? Yeah. They got destroyed by Jerome Ford. I was going to say, we gashed them too. Yeah, Nick and Nick Chubb was walking all over us before he got hurt. You're right. (laughs) I'm telling I get frustrated because for as good of a defense as we have, it makes me so mad. I'm like, how can we not shut down the run? But elite running backs dominate us. So, like, that's why when I watch, because, like, I was ready for, because I have Jacobs in the league, and I was ready. I'm like, I'm like, this sucks. I got to watch the Steelers, but I, and I got to kind of root for Jacobs, and I think he's going to go off, and he didn't. And I was like, oh, that that is a little bit concerning. But I do agree. He's more of a buy than he is like right, a Right, right. That was the softest admittal of a defeat in an argument I've ever heard in my life. You're, well, because, like, once right. the facts came to light, <laughs> like, you're, hit you're me correct, in months, I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys are right. Yeah. It was just, it's, a good run it, all over. It sounded so defeated. I couldn't control myself. No, you're good, dog. Stop. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're kind of – Kind of in the middle on Jacobs, but you know, like I said, if you can buy him at a good price tag, I think it's worth it. Let's talk about another running back here, a rookie running back, somebody's hit of the year, and that's Mr. Jameer Gibbs, running back for the Detroit Lions, somebody that we've been waiting for Detroit to unleash. Nobody, at least, I, I think I can talk for everybody here. I don't think anybody is questioning the talent of Jameer Gibbs. He has looked the part in terms of what he can do on the football field, but there just seems to be concerns about is Detroit going to allow him to get the usage needed to return on that third round draft capital that you had to pay to get him on your team. So we've seen a lot of good stuff in terms of target share, but I think everybody was kind of waiting this week for him to dominate with David Montgomery out. And that's really not quite what we got. So Ryan, you're ready to talk. What we got was everything we wanted to see on the carry side. You know, he saw 17 carries in that first game without Montgomery. And what happened? They just didn't throw him the ball. Yeah. He saw a whopping two targets. You really fucked over my parlay. That's what happened. That was a real bummer. So we want Jameer Gibbs to be the do-it-all type of guy, you know, like the next CMC type of player, like the wide receiver one and RB1 on his team, and it's just not there yet. So I will agree with I am kind of freaking out about Gibbs, especially as someone who made him my hit of the year. He does look awesome when the ball's in his hands. I love watching Gibbs play. Wasn't it just he, has not panned out yet this year. He was leading the league in broken tackles coming in this week, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, dude, he's almost as exciting as Bijan Watch. Like, as soon as the ball's in his hands, like, I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, what's he going to do? And he got the carries. He looked good. I mean, 4.7 yards per carry last week on 17 carries for 80 yards. That's a solid stat line for a running back. But when he's also supposed to be a pass catcher and he only saw two targets for one catch and two yards, and he has not found the end zone yet this year, that's going to result in low numbers. So once, and especially because Montgomery is expected, and I don't want to say expected to come back this week, but has a chance to come back this week. It is more of a work uh, committee than I'm, excited to see so that does really hurt I think that team really missed David Montgomery this week I think it was very visible on that um I really am shocked though that he only saw two targets especially with Amon Ross St. Brown dealing with that turf toe I really expected Jameer Gibbs to be heavily involved in the passing game this week and that was something that kind of threw me for a loop but um I'm not I'm with I mean I'm very much willing to buy him. I've still been sending out offers to get him in all my leagues, but I will admit I'm a little bit more questionable on like, I'm not, I'm not freaking out, but like I am a little bit more like concerned about potentially him hitting his ceiling here. What do you, what do you think? Zeta? You got any thoughts on this? 
Yeah, free Gibbs. That's all I gotta say. Free let Gibbs. Him, let him. Let him. Let him run free, man. This guy's a stud. Yeah. I don't have any skin in the game, so I don't have any Gibbs on any of my teams. But I am freaking out in the mindset of let the good players play. Like get the good players the ball. So and they're just not doing it right now. So I'm worried about that. Yeah. Once he finds the end zone twice in a week next week against the Packers in a division game, everyone will be back on the Gibbs train. But they were playing with a lead the entire game last week, so that's not exactly expected for him to be heavily, heavily involved in a pass game. I I love the 17 carries. I want to keep seeing that. So I'm excited to see what he can do. But yeah, for for that draft capital and with Montgomery getting the workload he does when on the field, I would agree with freaking out. Man. All right, let's talk some Atlanta Falcons players. Uh, Drake London and Kyle Pitts kind of lumped them together here. Uh, Kyle Pitts is seeing, um, you know, he had a decent game, but let's be real here. I think the elephant in the room is obvious. Is there going to be enough passing volume for this team to sustain quality options for your lineup? I think that's something that, you know, we have a right to question right now. We all love Drake London, the talent. All three of us talked him up in terms of how good of a football player he is coming into this offseason. We know what Kyle Pitts is supposed to be in terms of a prospect, and we see he it. Is. He, he is very good. But My favorite replays like that come out like after this, the week is over are all the plays where Kyle Pitts wide open and like dabbing on people after he breaks ankles but just does not get the ball thrown to him. Yeah, and it's... Did, did, did you guys see the stat of like, it was the percentage of accurate throws to the Atlanta offense outside of Kyle Pitts, like 75%. And it was accurate balls thrown to Kyle Pitts, 25%. So that like, not only is he not getting enough targets, he's not getting good targets. So I'm definitely more worried about him than London for sure. I think Kyle Pitts is droppable in a redraft league right now. I really do. I would drop him, let somebody else deal with that headache. You never know when to start him. You, it's, uh, and anytime he goes off, you feel like you have to start him. And then he gets three targets. And if one of those isn't a touchdown, you just got completely screwed. I mean, you kind of missed the bus. You can't pick up Sam Laporta now. He's rostered. But, like, Luke Musgraves, rookie tight end that's actually looked pretty good, seeing a solid target share. Would you rather start Luke Musgraves or Kyle Pitts? My answer Kyle is Musgraves. Pitts. Yeah, I think this week I would probably lean Musgrave just because it it's going to be a high-scoring game Detroit. in Detroit. Phenomenal matchup. I mean, I just, I love the player, and, like, I love him in Dynasty if you can hold him for a few years, and hopefully you have some options there to, like, kind of wait this out. But I don't see Arthur Smith going anywhere. This is a weak division. They're going to have success playing the way that he likes to play the game, which is running the football and just smashing teams in the mouth. And if you watch a Falcons game, I have a good amount of Bijan, so I watch Falcons games. Like it's plus, I just want to see him; he's phenomenal to watch. If you watch Desmond Ritter play football, that by itself, taking away the lack of opportunity that these players get, Desmond Ritter's play alone is enough to make you kind of be concerned about these players. So I am one hundred percent on the side of freaking out, man. I don't. Drake London is somebody that I want on my bench moving forward, and I am more than willing in a redraft league to cut bait on Kyle Pitts. I wouldn't say cut bait on Kyle Pitts just yet, but I am definitely in the freaking out train. B. John's the only piece of that offense that I want. Even Tyler Algier, like I'll take Tyler Algier over those other guys too. Same. It's just, it is a run first team with poor, poor, poor passing efficiency. 
and Bijan already ho- hogs up like 15 to 20% of target share. Yeah, it's it's not good over in Atlanta. So, all right, moving forward here, we're going to talk about one more running back, then we'll get into a little bit of wide receiver territory along with another quarterback. This is not a one that I like to talk about, but we definitely need to bring it up. That is uh, Najee Harris, running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, has been honestly kind of efficient in a yards per carry like per, like outlook. Like That actually has been better than it normally is for him, but the opportunity seems to be dipping down. You know, we got He had 19 carries last week. You love to see that, but he's still a very underwhelming fantasy performance, has yet to find the end zone has yet to score more than seven uh, half PPR points. And Jalen Warren absolutely seems to be involved way more than a lot of people thought that he was going to be. This is a guy, Jalen Warren's the guy that's getting the targets. What are you doing right now if you have Najee Harris? You're certainly not trading him for anything because trust me, I've tried. No, that's the worst part about him is he's sitting right now at RB 47 overall on the year. And that's the year where a lot of running backs have been gone down to injuries. And a lot of running backs are in unexpected committees. He he's in one of those unexpected committees. Jalen Warren is eating into that workload. He, he looks okay at moments, but he still looks like Donji Harris, like a guy who dances around for a quick second and gets tackled for maybe a one yard game. I, I would definitely be freaking out as a Naji owner, especially if you took him as like your RB one. In any type of league. Which he was a third round pick. That's very possible. Exactly. Like if you were sitting with Najee Harris as your RB1, you are probably an 0 3 team right now. I mean, maybe not, but more than likely. Because uh, you could have got Keenan Allen in the fourth. That's all. That, that you might have. That might have. But you probably took two wide receivers in the first round. So you might have gone RB, RB in three and four. You could have went Kelsey, maybe. But yeah, I, I know. I'm just playing devil's advocate. You're probably riding the Najee and fucking Damian Harris train. That's bad. I would not want. To or, I mean, not train. Damian Harris, not Damian Pierce. Yeah, I would, I would not want to be on that train. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Seto, what are what are your thoughts? I think I would be a little bit worried about Najee. Just made basically based on the vision test, he just doesn't look good. Like his numbers may be a little bit more efficient than normal, but I don't know. I mean, I I think the the highlight is you're not getting anything for him, and he's not a cut candidate. He he gets enough workload that you're not going to cut him. So. Have him ride the pine. Yeah, that's kind of where you know, I mean, we'll we'll actually we'll we'll talk about him a little bit. But yeah, it's something you gotta be worried about. In his defense, he has played outside of the Raiders phenomenal defenses in Cleveland and San Francisco, but he also didn't do anything against the Raiders. So I, I liked the carry total. Like seeing him get nineteen carries was nice, but he's gotta find the end zone and he's gotta he's gotta do more with the opportunity he's been given. So but that's also the problem with him is with Deontay Johnson now and the Steelers having four healthy wide receivers to roll into a week. What are you going to do? It's Najee Harris or Pat Fryermuth getting yeah. the ball. That that makes it pretty easy for a defense to play against. Yeah, and the one the one positive thing I will say is I think he is um one, I think he's in the top three right now in plus fifteen yard runs on the year, which is not there's not a lot of those, so it's not like a crazy thing to be top of. But it's just one thing to keep in mind. Uh, um, like I said, it's kind of a hard, kind of a hard person to trade right now. But you know, you kind of just are stuck holding on to him. But definitely, um, definitely, I, I don't know if he. I mean, we're gonna talk about him a little bit, but he, it is, it it might be hard to start him. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. All right, let's move forward here. I'm gonna talk about a quarterback, and then we can uh, close out here with some wideouts, and then we'll move on to the hits of the week. Uh, talking Justin Fields, 
quarterback for the Chicago Bears, somebody that everybody had high praise for coming into this year. He was a, like, fifth or sixth round pick in 12-team leagues, which is a pretty good pick for a quarterback. We were excited to see the rushing upside. We were excited to see him take a step forward as a passer with DJ Moore. None of that seems to be coming to fruition here, and he just kind of is putting up dud after dud. Um, This Chicago team looks terrible in terms of all around, like, period. Uh, What are you doing right now if you have Justin Fields? You're, You're definitely freaking out. This guy sucks. I don't know if he sucks, but the Bears suck, and they made this guy suck. Because Justin Fields doesn't suck. But I don't know what the hell no, he does in there because he sucks this year. And this yeah. is a freaking out. This is a try to find some waiver wire guys. Find Brock Purdy on the waivers. Find someone else. Make a trade. I don't know. Ship your bench for another QB because this guy stinks. Kenny Pickett is higher than him right now. My boy, KP. He's he he can't even like run the ball effectively anymore. Like at least last year he was running the ball. He's not even doing that. Josh Dobbs is having a better than year than him. Yeah, he is. Go. That's what you got to do. If you have Justin Fields, go pick up Josh Dobbs. I might have to do that this week. You know, I have Justin Fields, so I might have to go pick up Josh Dobbs. Thing so. is, we've seen this kind of before with Justin Fields. You know, his rookie year, nobody liked him. His second year, he had the first four weeks, nobody liked him, and then he was like the QB like two overall. Because he finally started to run the ball. So I wouldn't be too out on him yet, but there's it's, definitely this, good reason to freak out. I mean, they already they had a terrible offensive line. They lost their starting left tackle and their starting left guard. It I mean, is this not the worst you've seen of Justin Fields in his career? Like at least there was some upside and some hope and some traits that you're like, all right, eventually if we get some other pieces, we can build around that, you know. But this these first three games, he looked terrible. Like I'm talking like I'm not going to compare him to Zach Wilson, but he was pretty bad. Like if he plays as bad as he did the first three games over the next three games, they're going to be 0-6. They're going to bench him and they're going to draft Caleb Williams one overall. That's what I'm kind of thinking. Like, because they have two top five probably, but two top 10 for sure picks right now going into next year's draft. If they end up with the one on one overall, do they move on from Justin Fields? They've re- they are not committing to him moving forward. They, they, they ha- came out I and mean, said that it, it it doesn't matter if it's their pick or the Panthers pick somehow that ends up one on one or whoever they made the deal with because there's no possible way if their team is so bad they're the one on one again they're gonna have to move on from quarterback for sure and honestly it's gonna be hard for Justin Fields to find a starting job right away. It's gonna be a you know, a Baker, uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky, uh, that kind of, oh, let me try to find a spot where I can maybe battle. But I don't think he's going to get like a starting job guaranteed. I think ideal scenario is they are the worst. They get Caleb Williams and they trade Justin Fields off to Atlanta. I mean, right now, how big of, right now, how big of an upgrade is that over Desmond Ritter? A huge upgrade. Is it though? I mean, the way they've been playing at least fucking... Uh, Ritter keeping them in games. I get. I'm. I'm with you. I'm with you here. But is is Ritter that much better than Fields at this point? Like Ritter stinks too. But at least they're in games and they're competitive. Well, it's just a bad offense. It's a bad team. The the team is in Atlanta is a lot better though. Better. Did off- they break Justin Fields? I'm freaking out over here. <laughs> did they break him? I think they did. I'm freaking out, man. Yeah. Um. It's it's not good. Not good. 
Yeah, set us right now looking at as the Chicago. Tell, as you, yeah, I was gonna say, as you could tell, Justin Fields is a guy who's on many of my teams. <laughs> like some of the other guys we were talking about before, I didn't, I'm not as emotionally invested in him. I am, and it stinks right now. Just send him a postcard of a picture of Adam Sandler shouting and just write on it. You blew it! Because that's what they did here with uh, Fields. So, all right, let's uh, close things out. Talk some wideouts here. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans, who look to be a dumpster fire of an NFL team right now. He's currently the wide receiver 49. He's been banged up. The Ryan Tannenhill looks god-awful. Uh, the offensive line is just not holding up too well. They can't even get the big dog going with Eric Henry. I'm kind of freaked out right now if I'm a DeAndre Hopkins owner. I, I mean, I was not about him to begin with. I was kind of I, – I low-key wanted to make him my hit of the year I just, or my miss of the year. I just wasn't – ballsy enough to do that because he is an elite player but I don't know I I'm not I, I don't have a reason to believe this is going to shift in a positive direction for the remainder of the year and my outlook on him right now is I would be trying to use any kind of name value I can to get out I mean you got to hope that he catches a touchdown or something one of these weeks and I would get out do you guys yeah. agree yeah I'm I'm with you on the D hop I thought you know, even though I, I overlooked their terrible offensive line in the beginning of the season, and I shouldn't have, because I thought D-Hop, you know, he's always been great route runner and great contested catch guy. So, you know, those quick short routes, I thought he was going to get a ton of targets. But this offensive line is so terrible, they can't even hold up for a like a three-second drop back or two-second play. Like, so, yeah, I'm freaking out. He's This is not a good offense, not a good team. I'm worried for sure. Yeah, there's definitely a reason to be worried. He... It is the team. DeAndre Hopkins looks fine himself, like the player-wise. You know, he's still doing well when he does get the ball, but the targets aren't there, and that's what DeAndre Hopkins needs. He needs more targets. You know, seeing only five last week and then seven this week, that's not going to perform to, like, great numbers. He has not found the end zone yet. He has not topped 70 yards yet, but he's still looking okay when the ball is given to him. He does not have an easy schedule coming up, which doesn't make it easier for him either. So I would be freaking out about Hopkins as well. Yeah, it's not um, not good here. So uh, moving forward here, let's talk Terry McLaurin, currently the wide receiver, 43. Uh, not living up to the expectations. Dealt with some injury coming into the year. Um, I, I think that, like, I think there's reasons to not be as concerned about McLaurin as you are with DeAndre Hopkins, but... The target share that he's been getting has not been quite what you would want to see out of a wide receiver one. The man has not topped six targets once this year. So what what are our thoughts here right now on Scary Terry? We want Jacoby. Yeah. That's our thoughts. We want Jacoby. I I know it was like the first two games he did okay, Howell. But, you know, last game I think you kind of saw why he wasn't drafted in the first round like he was originally projected to go before his final college season he's just an okay quarterback he's going to make a lot of mistakes and I think that's going to hurt the offense I want Jacoby in so I'm worried until Jacoby comes in there's a long season how looked good the first two weeks they were two and oh like they were a competitive team so I'm not too too worried about uh McLaurin I think he'll be okay as the season goes on and they get in those more competitive matchups yeah last week wasn't great you know they had to play Buffalo that's a tough defense, so he wasn't going to be a star in that game. But, you know, they're a competitive team. They got a decent defense. They got a great run game. 
I think Howell's okay as a quarterback. I'm not going to scream for Jacoby because I don't think that screams fantasy output by any means. So I, I think McLaurin will be okay. I'm not freaking out, but I'm not like loving him either. Taking the relax? Taking the relax. R E L A X. Yeah, um, I love Terry, but I, I agree. I actually agree with Seta. I mean, I saw Jacoby Brissett support Amari Cooper just fine. So I would like to see that happen. But truthfully, um, as much as I'd love to see that happen for Terry, I don't want to see that happen because what I really want to see happen is the commanders trade Jacoby Brissett to the Jets so I can get my Garrett Wilson back in the NFL here. Cause that's who I want to really see ball out, but too, too late for that. After they just signed Simeon today, yeah, I don't think Trevor Simeon's fixing the problems in New York. Nobody's so. fixing the problems in New York. Hey, Jacoby Brissett could. Breaking, breaking news. Trevor Simeon is officially signed to the New York football jets practice squad. Has he been named starter yet? <laughs> because no, no, no. That's why I said give it a week. Squad. He's yeah. just on the practice squad. So. Uh, dude, if you're the jets. Like I don't, there's so I don't understand. Like I would sign Car- Carson Wentz reached out. I would sign did, Carson Wentz. Did you guys see Joe Namath was on a like a podcast or a radio show? It was like we got to get this guy out of here. You got to <laughs> trade him or something. And I'm just like Jesus. Like, but the, if they don't do imagine, a move soon, like they're gonna be one and three. I mean, could you imagine though if like Bernie Kosar went on a radio show was just like Deshaun stinks. Like even when Baker was playing like crap, he was like you got to give him a break. You know, he's making some decent reads and you know like. That's what the old veteran, you know, alumni players are supposed to be. Joe Namath's like, no, nah, he sucks. But Joe Namath also tried to kiss Susie Colbert on live TV. So, whoa, his old drunk ass is doing his thing. Yeah, I, I the Jets got to do something. I, I don't, I don't know who, like, but like, they got to do something because they, they're such a good foundation of a team. And Zach if, Wilson, if Minnesota takes an L to Carolina this week, do they move on from Kirk Cousins? I don't think so. I, I, I mean, I, th- I think that in theory, like that sounds like a great move, but I just, this is, I mean, this is the last year. I think you keep him around and you keep it on the table to see if you want to bring him back. If you get close again, but if you're Owen four or one in five, Owen, like, I mean, what do you, what are you keeping 35 mil on the tag for? That's exactly the thing. Like they played all of last year. They made the playoffs and all that because they won some games, but every single game was close. This year, every single game's close, and they're losing those games. Like, you're not going to keep Kirk Cousins after that. Like, it makes sense to get rid of him if you can and try and start the rebuild process a little bit. Could the Jets even afford Kirk Cousins, though? Because they are still paying Aaron Rodgers a pretty good contract. That's that's a lot of money. I I think with the pay cut Aaron took and most likely the, like, half-and-half compensation that would come – like you would, you would want to like, let's say you're in Minnesota's situation. If you were able to pay Kirk Cousins half of his salary and pick up, you know, an extra third round pick instead of nothing or I mean, whatever it would be, yeah. you know, a fifth round pick or whatever it's going to be or a future sixth or, you know, it could be anything that's valuable compared to just letting him walk. Because if you're that bad that you're willing to trade him, that means that you're not keeping him next season. If he plays great and they turn it around and they finish, you know, 14 and three, I assume they're going to bring him back. But, you know, who knows? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, last player on this list is uh, DJ Moore. And I'm assuming this is going to be a pretty quick and easy. Um, easy. We're all freaking out because if we're freaking out about fields. I'm freaking out, man. I think it's safe to say we're freaking out about DJ Moore. Oh, yeah. So. 
That whole in Chicago, it's all just, it's all bad. Nothing's good. So, all right, that was. Are you freaking out, man? Stay tuned. I'm sure we will bring this back at some point throughout the year. Uh, keep an eye on these players. If you have anybody that you want to hear us talk about, feel free to tweet us over at Hitstick Fantasy, and maybe they will be featured on one of these segments here. But without further ado, let's go ahead and move forward. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Hits of the Week. Yeah. Did you guys see Creed's back? Hey, what? maybe maybe one of these times, Chris, we could get you back in the booth, you know, get you back to your old stomping ground, and you could just record that so you don't have to, like, you know, say it every time. Oh, that'd be wonderful because I hate doing that all the time. <laughs> I tried to get rid of it last year, and we I got tweeted at by a bunch of people saying, you need to do it, you need to do it. And I'm like, I mean, I mean it would be kind of easy, you know, you just, you know, play that little motion, boop. Yeah. That would get be you nice. back in the booth a little bit. All right, I'm down for that. We got to get Ryan back in the booth. I've seen the pictures. No, no. I, I know about the setup boy don't, rap. Don't make me get back in the booth. <laughs> All right. Hits of the week. We're going to be breaking down the players that we think need to be in your lineup this week. Pretty plain and simple. Uh, we'll start things off with the quarterback position, and I'll kick things off. I'm going with Jordan Love going up against the Detroit Lions. I think this is going to be a good high-scoring game with plenty of points to be scored. Jordan Love has been looking pretty damn good for a quarterback. Hopefully he gets Christian Watson back this week. He plans to play. That's what came out today here. So, but I think that um, you know, Jordan Love is a good pivot option if you are just a good player in general to have in your lineup this week. I'm in. Like, he should have all his weapons back this week, which is nice to see. He looked good this year. Yeah. I love Jordan Love. He was my week two hit of the week, and he's been performing. He's a top five quarterback, I believe. I'm not looking at the rankings right now. But Jordan Love might be the real deal. He might be. That's what Green Bay does. They just draft elite quarterbacks. So, uh, who wants to go ahead and uh, give their quarterback hit? I'll go in the middle because I'm not too excited to say mine. It's part of the ugliest game of the week. We got Russ Wilson no. against the Chicago <laughs> Bears, baby. No. This is the get-right game. He started connecting with Cortland Sucking last week. He's going to keep on sucking this week, and him and Cortland Sucking are going to get maybe three touchdowns on this terrible Chicago defense. Oh, God. It's, it's just so hard. It's this just is it. so this hard. This is the last week. I got. I got you got to have hope. If he doesn't I, do it this week, then you got to cut him. It doesn't matter if you have no one else. Yeah. Just out of, just out of sentiment, you got to cut him after this week. Stick with me, Seda, because I got one of those as well. Well, in a different position. Ryan, who's your quarterback? My quarterback is, I think it's going to be a bounce back game for Mr. Matt Stafford. Quarterback for the L.A. Rams, somebody who this year, the touchdowns have not been there, but the opportunity has. He's had 300 yards in the first two games, did not crack 300 last week against the uh, Bengals, but he gets a game against Indianapolis in Indianapolis. I think it's kind of a get-right game for him. He's only had one touchdown in the last two weeks, no touchdowns in week one. I mean, Matt Stafford's been solid, just the upside has not been there. I think the upside comes this week. Nice. Don't hate it at all. Ryan, who's your running back? Yeah, it's Mr. Mister Return right here, Alvin Kamara. Running back has been a wasteland of a landscape this year. You could not predict who would be the RB1 every single week going in. You couldn't predict who would be an RB1 overall going into this like every single week. Alvin Kamara walking into a situation where they desperately need their running back to perform with uh, Jamal Williams on the IR. 
I think he walks into an immediate high workload, lots of passing opportunity, lots of rushing opportunity. And Alvin Kamara is just a stud. I think that's a bold move, making him a hit of the week his first week back. But, hey, you're, you're willing to ride. So Who respect. else do they have? Um, I like it. Yeah, I mean, you have a fair point there. So Tony Jones, though. you got to watch over Tony Jones. <laughs> All uh, right, so yeah. my guy is a guy who started the season strong, um, and then the last few weeks he hasn't been involved. But I think we can see this overall matchup being a little bit more high scoring than last week's for Atlanta. So I like Tyler Algier if you got to flex him if you're battling a lot of injuries. I think this is a you know solid matchup with Jacksonville's defense. You know, of course for Bijan and you know those other and that's about it. But I don't like I don't hate Algier um, in this kind of a matchup. Hey, he gets carries, so you can't you can't knock it. Um, I'll go ahead and move forward. Here's my uh, on par with Seta's quarterback hit. And this one pains me, but I'm going Najee Harris against the Houston Texans. Here's the thing. The Houston Texans run defense is so bad. If you cannot start this player that you drafted in the third round against the Houston Texans defense, you just need to cut him because you will never be able to start him. So I did it with Deshaun Watson last week and it worked. Najee, calling your name. Show us why we drafted you in the third round. Show us why the Steelers picked you in the first round of the NFL draft and torch this defense that is terrible at stopping the run. Get him in as your flex. Get him in as your RB2. And, yeah, this is it. Najee scores a touchdown this week. I'm calling my shot. So, Ryan, what do you got? No, you we're snaking. Oh, You're yeah, up yeah, again. yeah, yeah, it's me. You me. got lost in the snake. I did. I always get lost in the snake. Uh, wide receiver, I'm getting risky. I had real. I, I was really good last week on my hits. Like, they were all phenomenal. So, this week, I'm getting a little bit risky. I'm going T. Higgins against the Tennessee Titans. T. Higgins has been atrocious in terms of uh, his fantasy production so far this year. But you know what else has been atrocious? That Tennessee secondary. I think Burrow is going to be able to... Get a few things moving this week. I don't know if he'll be healthy enough to give you a Joe Burrow game where he's elite, but he should be good enough, and the targets have been there for T. Higgins. He saw eight targets last week, so don't bail out on him just yet. Keep him in your lineup this week. Monitor him because I, I knew there was something going on where he might be a little bit banged up. Obviously, that would change some things, but I couldn't find any like solidified report prior to this episode, so I, I like T. Higgins this week. Watching him drop like four balls right in his hands sucked yeah. last week. It's it's been a weird year so far for the Bengals. But hopefully they this this is this really does seem like a get right game for them. So Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna go for my receiver. Um this is a guy who's been dominant this year, and I just want to make sure that we're, you know, keeping an eye on this guy because he may be like roiding up or something because Mike Evans for Tampa Bay is arguably like one of the best receivers in fantasy this year. Like he is torching it. And I know people could be a little bit worried from the game that they saw from Baker, you know, last week compared to the first two. Um, but I'm not worried with averaging nine targets a game. So this is a guy that I'm going to be consistently throwing in. I'm not going to be worried about the matchups until the wheels fall off for Baker because he's going to be a solid option week in and week out. Right now, he's a top five, and he, I don't see him stopping. Like, I mean, he's getting a touchdown a week. I don't think he's going to get 17, but, I mean, I can see him getting double digits. 
My only concern with him is he loves to fight with Marshawn Lattimore and gets suspended, and he gets a matchup against Lattimore this week. Oh, they are playing the Saints. Ooh, that's risky. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the the matchup, the reason why I don't hate it is because they're most likely going to be without Derek Carr. So I think it's going to be more of a competitive game than I think with Derek Carr. They could maybe get up early on him, but I think it's going to be competitive. So you're going to need Mike Evans. You're going to need Godwin. So we'll see. I like the matchup, though. Love Mike Evans. All right, my wide receiver. I'm going a little deep here, which actually isn't actually – that deep for the season. Jacoby Myers. Wide receiver for the fucking Vegas Raiders, who every game he's played this year has seen double-digit targets alongside Devontae Adams. He's been a stud, and they get a matchup this week against the Chargers, who both teams sitting at one and two, kind of trying to fight in that division. I, I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game in L.A., and Jacoby Myers should see another 10-target and 80-yard game. Yeah, he's not been bad. So I like him a lot. And then for my tight end, I had to keep it a little bit safe here. I want to pat fire moose, you know, the moose be loose, the moose be loose. I, there aren't a lot of tight ends. You got to love this year. Touchdown Somebody who might catch a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. That's what it comes down to. He's about as safe as it is for about five targets and will probably fall on his ass in the end zone with the ball. So. Yeah. It's not a terrible matchup with Houston. There should be a couple touchdown opportunities. Um, for my tight end, I'm going to go, with a guy who's really kind of underperformed this year, but I could see this being a, a bounce-back game for him. Uh, the tight end for the Cleveland Browns, David Njoku, I think we're going to see him start to get a little bit more involved. We saw Deshaun kind of have a little bit of a better game overall, like be a little bit more confident in his throws. And I think with Amari Cooper being the main and only option receiving the ball so far this season, that's going to be kind of easy for Baltimore to lock in on. So I, I think we can see uh, a decent game out of Njoku and possibly Elijah Moore as well. Yeah, I don't hate it. And mine's uh, Gerald Everett for the uh, L.A. Chargers. And, um, it, look, I know there's a lot of reason to be scared. We saw Parham catch two touchdowns last week. Those were the only targets Parham had. And I know that sucks that those are the money targets. But Everett's involved. He saw six targets. Mike Williams is now down for the rest of the year. You have to imagine they're going to get a guy like Everett a little bit more involved because they do like to go to him. So I think that this is a good matchup. Most Chargers – you know, matchups here have kind of been high scoring in terms of shootouts. They're kind of like a match made in heaven for fantasy points because they have a high powered offense and that defense is just not, not quite amazing. We just saw Pat Fryermuth carve up the Raiders. So that's what, wherever it's going up against, we know that it can be done. And yeah, I like Everett. Like it. So, all right. Well, that was our hits of the week. We're going to get ready to close things out here. We're going to do our pickums where we'll talk over the games that we, uh, you know, what our picks are. Uh, just a little update to keep everybody, you know, where they, in terms of the standings, I have taken the lead. So, Ooh. yeah. I got 33. I'm sitting at uh, 69%. Nice. 33 and nice. 15. Uh, Seta and Ryan, you're both sitting at 30 and 18 on the year at 63%. So, got myself a nice little three game lead here. I'm hoping to extend on that. So, you guys ready to name off your picks? Let's roll it. Let's do it. All right. So, for the first game, we got Thursday night, 8-15, Detroit at Green Bay. I'm taking Green Bay here. I'm I went Detroit here. I'm taking Green Bay. At home, baby. All right. So, Sunday, we got a 9-30 a.m. in London, Atlanta at Jacksonville in London. I'm going Jacksonville, baby. Give me the home team, Jacksonville. Jimmy Jags. And this is probably one of the best matchups of the week. We got Miami at Buffalo. 
Fins up, baby. Let's go, Miami. Fins up. This was a tough one. I'm Give me the home team. Buffalo, they pull it out. This is going to be a good one for sure. And then the worst game of the week, we got Denver Broncos traveling to Chicago. Broncos country, let's ride. Let's ride. I can't. They fle- I'm pretty sure they flexed that game out of prime time, which thank God. Thank God. Yeah, that's a, that's a good choice. All right, so then we got an AFC North matchup. We got the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Cleveland. I'm going to go Brownies here. Let's get another dub. Go Brownies. I struggled with this one tremendously. The one thing I love, though, is that if I just pick the Browns, I know you two are also going to pick the Browns, so I can never lose points on this matchup. I'm taking the Browns, though. They just, the hey. Ravens just lost to the Colts. So. Hey, Way to be a Browns fan, Chris. I, I was going to say, to be fair, this was a tough matchup for me, honestly, because I think this is going to be a good game. Um, next, we got the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Tennessee. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Get right game. Get right game for the Bengals. Agreed. Bengals as well. All right. Now we got the Los Angeles Rams traveling to Indy. Let's go Stafford, baby. Let's get a dub. Stafford. Give me the Colts. Ooh, spicy, spicy. All right. Now we have Tampa Bay traveling to Nolens. Baker, give Mike Evans a couple tutties, baby. Let's go, Tampa. I'm not. I went Nolens. I'm Nolens as well. Famous Jameis revenge game. I based this one solely off of Derek Carr being injured. So, yeah. um, and we have the next one. Washington is traveling to Philly. I think Philly's going to take this. I don't think anybody Easy. thinks Philly isn't going to take this. All right. Another one o'clock matchup. We got Minnesota at Carolina. We'll go Minnesota here. Minnesota. The Minnesota Vikings. They got to get their first dub. I mean, that's come on now. We got Justin Jefferson on this team. They're going to, they'll handle business. And then the last of the one o'clock slates, we got Pittsburgh at Houston. As much as it hates to say, I think Pittsburgh comes out on top. I would have to agree. I took Houston. Let's <laughs> go, Ryan. You're the true fan here. All right. Now we're going to move into the 425 games. We have New England at Dallas. You know, even coming off an off game, I think Dallas is going to bounce back. Let's go, Dallas. I worry that Belichick's going to just outcoach McCarthy in this, but I also, I'm going Dallas. I went Dallas as well, but after that Cardinals game last week, I'm a little more nervous than I should be yeah, about this game. There, there's a lot of doubt in my mind now with, with them boys, let me say. All right, so next we got Arizona traveling to San Fran. Can they get another top upset? I'm going to go with the desert of San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco all day. Yeah, San Fran. Easy. Yeah, I'm not, I, I can't go with double. They're not getting two. In they, they can't get two in a row. Yeah. All right, so now we have the 8:20 Sunday night. Well, game. you skipped a game. No, you didn't. Which one did I skip? Oh yeah, I did. Vegas. Four hundred five. Vegas at Chargers. Yeah, so we got the Vegas Raiders traveling to the Chargers. I'm going Chargers there. Yeah, give me the Chargers. Chargers. Yeah. All right, so now we're ready for the 8:20 slot. We got Kansas City at New York Jets. Can we get that game moved, please? But I'll go Kansas City. Kansas City. <laughs> Taylor Swift's going to be at the game cheering on Kelsey. Kansas City is going to get the win. Honestly, I'm kind of fine with that one being the 8 o'clock because then I don't have to watch it. Yeah. Um, now we have for the final Monday night game at 8.15, Seattle is traveling to New York for the New York Giants. This one I think could be a little bit tougher game than a lot of people are projecting, but I still think Seattle comes out on top. I would agree. I went Seattle. I, yep, Seattle as well. All right, perfect. Well, that's another round of the Pickums. Yeah. That's going to wrap that out here, and that's going to go ahead and wrap out this show. As always, you know where to find us, Hitstick Fantasy on Twitter. I'm at Hitstick Chris if you want to talk to me personally. I'm at Ryan Long FF. I'm at Michael underscore Seta on Twitter. Get at us. Ask us some questions. Let's get some dubs. 
for week four. Good night, Hit Squad. Fuck you, Corey Long.